Your Partner in Success Radio is a free business podcast with host Denise Griffiths. It's all about great stories, conversation, and context to help you move your business and life forward with actionable tips and advice from her guest experts. To listen and subscribe, just find us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you consume your podcasts. Good morning and welcome to your Partner in Success Radio. This is where top performers share their secrets to help you achieve your personal and professional goals. I am your host, Denise Griffiths, and together with my amazing guests, we bring you inspiring and actionable insights to take your life and your business to the next level. Ranked in the top 2% globally, this podcast really is a must-listen. So whether you're tuning in for entrepreneurial tips, career advice, or personal development strategies, Get ready to turn inspiration into action, challenges into triumphs, and dreams into reality. On today's show, we're talking about one of my very favorite topics, podcasting. Can you tell I'm excited about this? Specifically, we're talking about maximizing the marketing impact of your podcast. Speaking and podcast guesting are highly effective strategies for gaining visibility and building credibility. Your podcast can and should offer a preview of your identity and your expertise in your particular industry. My guest today, Anastasia Lipsky, is the founder of Access Speakers, a speaker and podcast booking agency where she has a proven track of booking more than 1,700 engagements for her clients. And this experience has made her very well versed in understanding the needs and the expectations of speaker chairs, event planners, and podcast hosts when speaking top quality speakers and guests for their events and shows. In fact, she regularly suggests phenomenal guests for this podcast. Welcome to your partner in Success Radio, Anastasia. It's good to have you here. Thank you. It it is such an honor and pleasure to be on a show that we book guests with because I don't usually do quite as much. Like I focus on my clients more, getting them booked as opposed to myself. And so it's always nice for me to be in this chair on the other end and be able to work with you directly. And you've been such a blessing to work with all this time, truly. Thank you. Can you share a bit about yourself and the wonderful ways? I can't talk today. So you're going to be doing all the talk and I'm right now. Quite all right. <laughs> I'm used to that. Not a problem at all. So I do have a very unique agency that uh, I had not intended to create. And it started with me having a very unique uh, speaker agency. And that was not something that I ever would have dreamt up because what I had was basically a free speaker agency. So my speaker agency has been based on booking platform marketing speakers. So those are people that are speaking for free to grow their business. They know how powerful of a marketing tool it is, just as you were sharing, you know, in this kind of intro and and description of what people could expect, you know, speaking and podcast guesting and podcasting allows you to generate influence, awareness and clients as part of my tagline. But it's it's really about that no like trust factor. People are either going to resonate with you or not, whether you're on a stage, you're in a Zoom room or you are being heard on a podcast. So the the idea of the speaking, uh, I, I found that it was incredibly powerful for pe- people that were wanting to grow their business. You know, if you're a chiropractor and you go out and you speak to rotary clubs about how to take care of your back and you're not pitching yourself, you know, you never want to abuse a platform or a stage. But when you're giving full value to that audience, you're blessing that audience with your knowledge, your expertise you're establishing credibility with them and there will be a certain amount of people that resonate with you and they're going to want to meet with you in the back of the room because they've had a crick in their neck for a long time or maybe their brother-in-law has had a back problem forever and they want to tell them about you so it's it's proven to be a very effective marketing tool and no one else was really doing it in the traditional speaking agency world a, an agent's going to find a paid speaking engagement and take 20 to 30% of that honorarium on behalf of the client that they get, right? Well, <clears throat> excuse me, if you're speaking for free, that doesn't work. So people who are using that as a marketing tool do not have representation. They need to either book it themselves or have a VA do it who might not have the experience uh, as well as a black book. 
So over the years, I have built up a black book of both, you know, groups that I work with, as well as podcast hosts who they trust me because they know that I'm not going to suggest someone who is not really good, that doesn't know their stuff and they don't know how to present. So that that helps separate it a little bit more. And therefore, I started to build that business and everything's going along peachy keen until March of 2020. And I basically lost everything overnight because every email I had was a cancellation from a group that I had booked a speaker with. So I could either shut my doors. The only other free speaker agency that I knew of in existence, she closed her doors in April of 2020. And I decided to embrace the pivot word, air quotes, <laughs> of 2020 and start booking podcasts for my grounded speakers. Because remember, this is a marketing tool for my clients, right? And now all of a sudden they can't get out there and speak. So I reached out to them. Most of them said yes, they would try it. And everyone who said yes is still doing podcast guesting in addition to their speaking now because they see the value of continuing to podcast guest to help them get booked more as a speaker and to continue to grow their business. So that's kind of where it all started. And now to be completely honest, I, I prefer the podcasting part over the speaking. So I'm doing less of the speaking bookings as I am the podcasting for just so many different reasons. But that's, that's the long and short of it, of how I ended up where I am right now. And I think that's about 2020 is about when I landed in your black book. Because we've known each other for quite yeah, a while now. Absolutely. Yep. And I wanted to mention this too, you know, while you're talking, I always scribble down notes. Yeah, you know, I, I have to write notes while I'm talking with guests. Mostly I have to scoot a cat's butt off of the path. <laughs> <laughs> right then. But, but I always have questions and think something that you say will pop up. But one of the things that popped up while I was listening to you is that maybe speakers don't necessarily understand or they'd probably do now, that podcasting is a form of public speaking. Very yes, much. Yes, that. absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, I did a, a whole webinar uh, with Innovation Women, who I highly recommend, by the way, for any any women speakers or, or you special men out there. It's basically an online visibility platform for women speakers to help them get booked more, get paid better, et cetera. And it's not always about paid engagements, but it's both. Um, Innovation Women does a like a twice monthly webinar series. And I did a whole webinar on using podcast guesting to grow your speaking business. So if someone wants to get booked more, they want to get higher paid speaking engagements. If you are on that trajectory of being a professional speaker, then consider guesting as a way to supplement that because you cannot beat the digital footprint that you get with podcast guesting. You will never get that with speaking. Speaking, you are at a meeting, at a conference. It may not even ever be shared digitally. So there's no real Google juice being attached to it like there is with a recorded interview that can get heard by tens of thousands of people and for years. So we've got the evergreen factor that helps build in. And one of the benefits of podcast guesting is that someone can discover an interview that uh, that they listen to that was from three years ago or longer. I mean, I, I know myself and I, I don't know about you and, and your other listeners, but I suspect others are in the same situation. In fact, there may be someone right now who's listening to you for the first time, whether it beca it's because I shared it or someone else shared it or whatever. They, they, they did some research. They found your show. They're listening to us. So if anyone's listening right now, and this is your first time. Welcome. Denise is an amazing host. Check out her previous episode. She's brought on in, uh, incredible guests. In fact, I just listened to a show with uh, Stephen Covey's daughter, Cynthia Haller, um, and it was phenomenal. It was the second time that she had actually spoken with Denise, and there's just so much information there. So what can happen is that a person will go back and listen to other episodes and see what appeals to them. 
Or I know there was once that I have started, this was years ago, I listened to a podcast for the first time, and I literally went to episode 001 and hit replay in reverse order and listened to every episode. You don't get that with speaking. So keep that in mind of the power of this digital footprint and the backlinks that happen as people continue to share those episodes can really add to a person's visibility as a speaker. But if you're a speaker, you need to be making it clear that you're a speaker in everything that you do so people see you that way. Exactly. And you mentioned something very important. One of my most downloaded podcast episodes is about eight years old, and it's with my friend who is also my co-host on Wednesdays, Ben Gay III. And uh, he was yes. an old, you know, protege of Dr. Napoleon Hill. He wrote what are, to, you know, really known as the sales Bibles, the closers. That podcast gets downloaded constantly. It's eight years wow. old. Wow, I love that. I, I I was just hearing someone. Oh my gosh, I was on the Pod Talks just this past week, which I also highly recommend. Pod Match. Um, they had, they did an event this past week and the gentleman, and I'm spacing his name. I know it's Chris, Chris Stone. And he talked about our voices, our legacy. And that's the thing. Like I could, you know, I, I do buy green bananas. I'm not that I'm 62 and three quarters right now, but there's going to be a day when, when, you know, I, I don't know that I'm going to be here tomorrow. I have no guarantee, but my voice will be. My message will be, it's going to be on all these different platforms where I have spoken in the past. So this is a powerful tool to help us build our legacy and, and share our voice in a way that it can be preserved for many years to come. And just imagine all the people that are being blessed by that eight-year-old episode with you and Ben Gay Third, right? Right. And, you know, your voice is your legacy. And I'm glad you said it that way. My brother passed away a couple of years ago. He was a double lung transplant and oh. he lived for eight years longer than he would have. He literally went into the hospital not expecting to go home. He had no oh. hope. But wow. after he passed away and it took a while before I could go into my voicemail on my phone and start grabbing these you know, mm. the, I'm going to cry <laughs> these voicemails and I put them together and I sent them to my niece and his oh. wife, and my sister. We had, none of them had really kept those things. I'm kind of, you know, odd about things like this. And I kept them and some of the, he was funny and some yeah. of them were all cracking <laughs> up and others, oh, what the heck is wrong with you, dude? <laughs> so it's just, your voice is your legacy. How many times, listen, I remember, chatting with my grandmother about her childhood. She's a fascinating woman. I regularly wish I had recorded those conversations. Mm. So yes, your voice is your legacy. It's easier no now. Yeah, we didn't have as much capability. I, I, for many years, was really into family history. And so I have recordings. I did the old tape recorder and I've got tape recordings of my family and and uh, an aunt who passed away and you know I've got all this treasure and in fact I want to find someone to uh, create them digitally because I'm worried about them and I don't dare play them in a in a cassette but having them is so valuable the voice I feel like it it just conveys the essence of a person more than anything else so I I, tr I love that you have that every brother I'm so sorry to hear about that I I also can relate my my mother when she passed away almost Almost three years ago, I had her her voicemails and I, I've saved them all. I have not listened to them because I just can't, but I, I've saved them all. And I still on my phone, I still have the voice messages from my cousins of Virginia that called after she passed because they were very, very, very close with her. And I still haven't listened to them. Eventually, so I, I, <laughs> it does. It takes some doing. You have some hankies. Yeah. I mean, I caught myself. <laughs> No joke. I caught myself, you know, using my cat's tail to wipe my tears. At one point. Oh. <laughs> he was in front of me. I just grabbed him. And say, Here, well, when I'll you love deep, you. you grieve deep and, and it, it, it never goes away, but how beautiful that we can treasure their legacy. Right. So very much so. And it, it's when we're talking about podcasting and honestly, I had never really thought of this as being my legacy. I just hadn't, mm. I'm just doing what I like to do. Yes. So it's a, 
better way. You're, I like your view better than Well, me. Chris Stone is the one who talked about legacy. So I'm going to give him credit on that and I sure hope I'm getting his name right. But um, yeah, I, I, it really was impactful for me because I realized, yes, my voice is my legacy. So as is yours. Well, you mentioned Google Juice. Now let's talk about that because when we're navigating the digital landscape, yeah. everybody goes to Google. Listen, you're looking for a restaurant in town and you type in, you know, show me Mexican restaurants near me. They're going to go to Facebook. Almost mm. everything you see says, you know, you go to Facebook, go to Facebook, go to Facebook, but you have to go to Google first. Yeah. Yeah. It's um... so here's the thing. So SEO or search engine optimization is incredibly powerful in helping people come up in higher rankings when you're searching. And in fact, there are people who have said, well, I have a brick and mortar business. Why would I want to do any podcast guesting? Well, let's say let's say you have a bakery. OK, so the only people that are really going to be getting your goods are going to be people that are in your local area. But if you really want to stand out. If you do guesting about, I don't know, finding cooking shows or whatever it might be that you're aligned with, every single time that you are out there and you are on a show and your name and your your bakery name is being put out there, there, there are these digital crumbs or, or a digital footprint that gets left behind. And therefore, when someone is looking for a bakery in Cincinnati, you, you as the baker who has been all over the internet, if you will, you're going to come up higher in rankings when someone's looking for something because your name, your bakery name, your city, like all of that, it's all kind of built into it because it's going to be in the show notes. You have beautiful show notes that you use for your guests. And so those show notes all are more characters and, and digits in that footprint that's getting left behind. So it's it's really powerful for people to build their presence. This is why the speakers who during COVID just shut down like, okay, I'm grounded, you know, I, I, I whatever, whatever they did. I don't know what they did. Some of them... They, they just stayed home or or they didn't, maybe they practiced, you know, their craft or whatever, but if they weren't out there, they, they lost traction. They lost traction in that digital world because they would have gone down in rankings because their name wasn't out there. The speakers that were doing the podcast guesting and getting out there, they got more credibility and more, more exposure because they were visible. But you, but you also have to do your work. So I, I do want to just kind of toss this out here to all of your listeners. It is not as simple as saying, okay, I'm going to do podcast guesting. That's going to be my new thing. That's what I'm focusing on this year. I'm going to really build my business and use this platform. And so you do all, all these interviews, but you don't do anything with them. You are not actively sharing them. You are not backlinking to those past episodes on your own site. You are not doing the things to help the, those episodes get exposure. Maybe you don't have a good call to action, a CTA, a reason for people to connect with you. There are so many different things that people will miss that's part of the strategy that, that it's not going to be as successful as it could be if you did the stuff. So I, I do want to make it clear that it's not as simple as just showing up, talking to a, a host, and then that's the last time that the host ever hears from you. In fact, hosts refer to it as host ghosting. It doesn't feel good. And I'm, I'm certain, Denise, you probably had people on both sides of the fence here. You probably had those guests that they just show up, they do their thing, they use your platform, and and they're out of there. You never hear from them again. And then there's the others that you develop the relationship with because they they stay in touch with you. Maybe they come across someone that they think would be a good guest for your show or you on someone else's show or they just, you know, they come to know you. Maybe they introduce you to someone as a potential client. Who knows? That's the relationship marketing that makes podcasting so beautiful. But if people are going to just jump in and jump out and not not be part of that relationship marketing, it's not going to work. 
It's not. And I'm so glad you brought up all of those points. And, you know, I mean, I've interviewed hundreds, hundreds of people and some of them I will never hear from again. One I remember and I, I just, my eyebrows just about jumped <laughs> off my face. I was like, what? But I had this wonderful conversation with this the two gentlemen who had written a book and I wrote a nice review about the book. It's a good book. And I get this kind of snippy email say, well, we didn't get any orders from your podcast. What? Whoa. <laughs> well, wow. you have a nice day now. <laughs> I just, wow. And what I wanted to say, that's not what my job, your job is to follow up and try to get people to pay attention to you. You came on my podcast. I was happy to have you as a guest, but don't blame me for your shortcomings. So we never spoke again. I didn't say any of that yeah. out loud. <laughs> but, you know, but you sure thought it. And I, I sure bet I bet it. you have not recommended them to any of the hosts, you know, because I know you know a lot of hosts. This is a, a, an industry where people know each other. We do. You know? And we, we as guests, we want to do all the things to be the type of guest that a host is going to fall in love with. I mean, at the end of the day, that's what I want. I want you, Denise, to fall in love with me as a guest so that you're going to remember me. You know, you might be connecting with another host or someone that you feel that I am perfect for. And you're going to remember me because, because I came at this from a space of blessing and grace and high integrity. And my desire is to support you. And your listeners, I want to provide value to your listeners so that they stay with us until the end of our conversation. That to me says that I was able to provide some value, as were you. So that's that's the, the, the biggest part of it. And people, again, it, it, it's up to us. You provide the platform. The hosts provide the platform. Now, I granted, I will say, okay, I'm in a unique position because I book people, right? So every day I am vetting shows. And I look at shows very carefully, and there's so many things to look at to determine whether a show is a good fit for any of my clients to begin with. And then only after I feel that it's a, a high integrity show, and I feel good about the way that the host operates, how they share their episodes, et cetera, only then do I then look at all of our, our portfolio of clients and see who we feel might be a good fit. And then we run the show by them. So we have a very unique agency. It's very different. Uh, we have our clients vet the show first before we even come to you. So every guest that we've run by you, our clients, they've already checked out your show. They've already looked at everything about your show. Yeah, they've listened that. to your show. Well, that's good. So I that makes a difference. That. Yeah, right? Yes, it absolutely. Yeah. So because they're not yeah, coming in cold and saying who's no. To be and at the end of the day, though, it's still your show. So we could recommend someone that we feel they're a good fit. They feel they're a good fit, but you don't. And that's okay because you have an obligation to your listeners. You have years, years of doing this and knowing what your community is about and what they want to hear and what they will and won't resonate with. And you as a host also want to make sure that you resonate with them to begin with. So it's it's important that you carefully vet your guests, which clearly you do because you have excellent guests. But it's it's never like our agency. We never take it personal. If somebody says no, it's like, OK, no problem. How about this guest? You know, uh, or let's wait until we bring someone else on and maybe they might be a good fit down the road. I don't know. But it's important that there be that alignment and that at the end of the day, it's really up to the guest as to how they're showing up. Did the guest bring value? Did the guest say something that's going to make that listener want to reach out to them? So if they didn't buy the books, the products, whatever these two gentlemen were doing, that's on them. That's not on you. You provided an excellent platform for them. And if they didn't use it the right way, that's on them. It really was. And God bless them. I felt bad about it for about a minute and a half, but I got over it. <laughs> so. You know, it really does take you and me, the guest and me, the host to make mm -hmm. this all work together, yeah. and, you know, just popping up and saying, oh, I was a podcast over here. Great. But you only shared that with your mom. That's <laughs> not how you do it. That's right. <laughs> it can be fun. But, you know, it's 
we've talked a little bit about Google Juice, but, and, you know, you talk about the guests that come on my show and I have, a, I, I don't, don't budge from this. You must do a pre-interview with me, period. You <clears throat> must do a pre-interview with me because that's where, honestly, a lot of the magic happens. Yeah. You know, they, they're coming in, they've looked for me or they've been referred to me. I'm at the point now and I'm not boasting, at least I don't think I am that I don't have to go hunt for guests. I haven't for years. And in fact, I actually have to turn some away or book them two or three months out, which bothers me. I don't like having to go that far out, mm-hmm. but because of people like you and there, and I've got so many people that are authors and they want to come on the show and I love authors, but it really is. You have to come talk to me first. You really must, because I need to get a feel for you. Are we going to get along well? Are you interesting? You know, can we, can we communicate? And at that point, that's when I send that you are invited, please come on my show. But I had one man recently, and this bothered me a bit. I mean, I hated to turn him away. Very well-known man. But he said, I just don't have time to do a pre-interview. Then you don't have time to show up on time. So I'll give you a pass. Yeah, I didn't even have to think about it. It's like, no, my show, my rules, I cannot jump on a call with you without even knowing who the heck you are. Right. So I honor you for honoring yourself. I think that that's really important. And the the thing with pre-interviews, you know, and I get it in particular, say in our case, we are representing people who they've hired us because they don't want to spend the time right on on doing the research the reach outs everything and trust me if it was as easy as someone just reaching out to a show and that person saying yes right off the bat the very first time around um we, we i wouldn't have a business all right so it, it it can be a lot of work and uh tenacity to stay on top of things you know to find unique ways to connect with the host etc ahead of time so some of our clients, you know, I always worried like in the very beginning when I was first doing this, because remember, I didn't know what I was doing when I stepped into booking podcasts. Okay, that was a different world than booking speaking engagements. And so I think this is part of the reason why my agency is different than any other agency I've come across is because I didn't know what I was doing and I based it on the way I did my speaking bookings. So it's very unique in that respect. But with that you know, we we try to save as much time as we possibly can for our clients, because if we come back to that, uh, is it Michael Gerber's uh, Ebeth book? Uh, you know, we, we want to outsource anything we possibly can and stick to our brilliance. It totally makes sense. So a person might think, oh, wow, now I got to do a pre-interview. The whole point is I'm trying to save time. But the beauty of the pre-interview is it it helps both of you make certain that you jive this is an energetic movement. And I, I'm sure you've heard podcasts. I certainly have. When you can tell as a listener, the host and the guest are not connecting. And well, it almost before they have yeah. no idea who they are. Exactly. And it feels well, even then though, it's a part of it. So for those who who do not do so like like right now some of your listeners they're going to be reaching out to shows with hosts and the hosts don't want to do pre-interviews okay so when when that is not available as an option so the pre-interview is like the creme de la creme okay that's the way that both sides can make sure that they jive i have had clients that they did a pre-interview with the host and then the client afterwards said i don't feel it's a good fit and i respect that right but right, because the host, they're honoring the host because they know that their name is attached. Remember, it's evergreen. <laughs> Someone can be hearing that that interview eight years after the fact. Right. So you don't want a strained conversation when the two are not jiving. People on the other end can feel it. And you that doesn't serve either one of you. But if a host is not like you, Denise, where you do these pre-interviews, and a person is trying to vet that show to see if they are aligned, please listen. Never, never reach out to offer yourself to a show that you have not listened to. Oh, I know. Okay. I get some of the weirdest emails. I'm like, do you even know 
what podcast you're you're referencing. Yeah, it's like, come on now. Do I get better. Seriously, do I, better. I get potential. I know. Well, some people will actually email me about being a guest on my show and I don't even have a show. So you you've got to do your due diligence. But when you're listening, what I want people, my litmus test, okay? When you're listening, ask yourself the question, would I want to sit in a cafe and have a cup with this person? Oh, good question. If the answer is no, I don't care how big the show is. Let it go. Only go with the people that you resonate with, that you know when you're having a conversation with them, they will light you up. Otherwise, it's not going to serve you or that person. So that's the workaround if they don't have a pre-interview. But I love that you have a pre-interview and I love that you have stuck to your guns and you didn't do the opposite. You know, here you had a big person that you could have gotten on your show. That would have been good visibility for you. Well, maybe because people like that, oftentimes they don't they don't share their episodes. Um, nonetheless, even if if this person had it's still not worth it for you to break away from your SOP, your standard operating procedure that makes you have a high integrity show. Well, I'm pig headed. So let's just get that out of. <laughs> that's okay. It's your show. That's right. It's my show. Do it my way. But, <laughs> and I have been asked to come on other people's podcasts with no pre-interview and I just turn that down flat. I won't even consider it. Yeah, I can understand. Okay, so let's, yeah, let's talk about, we talked a little bit about creating evergreen content, and that is important, and I try to keep every episode evergreen. You mentioned the one with uh, Cynthia Covey Howler. Those two episodes, they're among my favorites. They will be evergreen until the end of time. Yeah, they really will. Brilliant conversations, but let's talk about establishing your credibility before you get to the podcast host if you don't have and I've only turned in my oh gosh I've been doing oh my podcast is 16 years old this month I'm so excited wow I know we're gonna have a birthday party Yay! <laughs> I mean I had no idea and you know I have to tell you, you said something else that resonated with me I started my podcast before there really was a podcast industry Mm-hmm. There was nobody to teach me how to do it. I just did it. You know, so yeah. it kind of evolved over time. And I still don't ask for, you know, too much advice on it because it's working. So yeah. I leave it alone. Absolutely. Yeah. I just yeah. leave it be. But you have to, you have to have something that your host can see. And yes, I do get the one sheets. They're, they're helpful. Mm-hmm. But I have to tell you, once we get to that pre-interview, that one sheet goes straight out the door because there's nothing on there that we're actually going to talk about, as it turns out. It's nice to see it. It's good to see it. But most looking for who are they online? Where is their online real estate? And one gentleman, he badly, bless him. He wanted to come on my show so bad. And for a year, he kept asking. And I kept saying no. And finally, I sat him down and had a conversation and gave him homework. I said, (laughs) (laughs) I gave him homework. I said, you know, he said, I can talk about anything. Yeah, but that's you need to be specific. Mm-hmm. His website was a mess. He can talk about anything. He's you know, interesting guy, but it was scattered. And yeah. I said, listen, you know, do this with your website, come up with a topic that you want to share. And he's still trying. He's still doing his homework, but I turned him away. And one other person I turned away because she was absolutely, you touched on this and I wanted to, you know, kind of chime in her intent and she was very clear about it was to use my podcast as her billboard. Mm. That's not only a no, that's a no. Yeah. Yeah. I kept turning her down and finally she, I mean, she was really relentless and finally I called her and I said, listen, I'm not going to invite you to my show. So would you please stop? She said, well, I don't understand. And I'm mimicking her voice. I don't understand why you don't want me. You can imagine and I took a deep breath and I said, because I don't like you. <laughs> I love it. And that was the end of that. She left me alone after that. Wow. I, I'm astounded, actually. I didn't know that people 
people would have the chutzpah to to do that to that Oh, extreme they do. They do. holy toledo wow Look at those people. you know i, I do they uh, you know this this comes back to diva speakers now <clears throat> excuse me i have let, let me just say okay y'all again being that type of guest that a host falls in love with be the type of speaker that the event manager the the speaker chair that they fall in love with too because they all talk to each other you know and so you never want to be the person that has all these requirements ahead of time you know you have to have it, it reminds me of the movie the elf like when when uh oh shoot the guy is have you ever seen elf i probably shouldn't be making No. a movie reference okay well just everybody's talking it's one of the best movies I've ever seen it's so fun um but basically it's about this big wig coming in and in order to work with them he's saying you know I want the temperature of the card that picks me up at the airport to be 72 degrees no more no less like you know all these stipulations and and sometimes speakers have done that You know, they want to have all these things done for them or or they've asked the the group to print their flyers and they do all these different things and they and they get there and they they berate the AV people or they're not kind to them. Like there's just so many things that people can do or they show up, they do their thing and then they disappear right away. They don't stick around to talk to people. They, they don't meet people ahead of time. They don't ask the event planner ahead of time like what else do you need from me or or maybe you've run into this I don't know um but they ask for materials okay so you say yes great you're on my show we've got this booked I'm going to need this this and this and then they don't get it to you a host an event planner should never have to ask more than once for anything your content anything so as as speakers and podcast guests we We want to make sure that we make their job easy. Again, they are providing a platform for us to get our voice out there and increase our visibility. We don't want to make it difficult. So don't be a diva speaker. Don't be, you know, a challenging podcast guest. All of this is going to be part of helping you be seen in such a way that you're going to get referred to other people because they know each other. In, an event manager, they might have a conference that you, you know, they decline you for because maybe it was too late or you don't quite fit into what their theme was that year, et cetera. But they might have a buddy who reaches out to them a week later and says, hey, do you have a speaker that can talk about X, Y, Z? And they'll be like, I know just the person. They were great. They were easy to work with. Here's their 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 information. I'll introduce you. We as as people who are using these platforms want to be that type of person that gets referred, and that's going to be important. So, having having clarity around your message and coming back to this gentleman that you were talking about, it's really hard when a, a person can speak about a lot of things, and and it, it, it's so challenging. when they're all over the place. And I get it. I totally get it. Because it's so easy to just say, well, I can talk about this and I can talk about that. But the strength is in narrowing down your niche, getting in your lane and choosing what that lane is going to be and let that be the platform that you stand on and that you are known for whatever that message is. So in the speaking world, we refer to it as having a signature talk. Right. So, right? I, ha I have speakers who have multiple talks that they do. And some of them are completely different types of things. You know, as long as they fit under one general umbrella, that's okay. If it's so unrelated, you're going to confuse people. Like if I want to go out there and I want to talk about what it's like to
those uh, those episodes that I might do, right? So so anyone can can maybe speak on multiple things, but you got to have your lane and you need to own it. And the more niche it is, the better for you. There are millions of podcasts. There are podcasts being created every single day. There's there's so many opportunities, but you want to have clarity for a host who is reviewing this person and you get their one sheet or their email or however they're going to present themselves. You as a host want to be able to sum up what that person is about in the first 15 seconds of looking at what they've sent you. And then if it catches you, then that's when you delve a little bit deeper. And then in your case, you go even deeper by doing the pre-interview. But a person needs to have their own clarity. And that's where it starts because you need to know, like, who are you called to serve? Who do you want to get in front of? What is your ultimate avatar, that person that you want to be speaking to? And, and just because they have a heartbeat and they breathe, that is not enough. You know, I've got one of my clients, he's number one in his type of memory training in the world. Theoretically, anyone could be a potential client of his, right? Because who couldn't benefit from improving their memory? And yet, we don't just blast him out there to every single breathing soul that's out there. You want to be strategic in how you go about it. So know who specifically you want to get in front of. Then be thinking about where are they? What shows might they be listening to? If that that avatar, that person you're imagining were to go in and do a search because they feel like finding a new podcast, they want to they're they're getting tired of the ones they're listening to. They're looking for something different. What keywords are they going to plug in that you match up with that you're in alignment with be thinking about those types of things and make certain that you have a, a professional um, persona if you will when you present yourself because if you look scattered and if you don't have a professional image if you will then the host or the speaker chair is going to look at you and think that you're not professional you might know something like the back of your hand but how do they know that you can present it well? How do they know that you have the credibility that is required for you to be speaking on that subject? So your materials or how you present yourself needs to convey that right from the get-go. And it does not need to be complicated. A person doesn't need to hire a branding company and have this incredible, powerful website. It can be simple, but it needs to be done well and it needs to be clear. And you as a person need to be clear. What is my message? Who am I called to serve? And you start with that. And then you can build off of that. Every show is going to be different in who they or how they, they talk with you, what they ask of you. Different things will come out. Every episode I've done, every one of them, even though my subject matter is the same, every one of them have been different because the host is different. I'm yes, and my my brain is just going zit, zit, so bear with me while I try to sort through all of it. But one thing I do not do, and I've never said this on my own podcast, is that I never go back and listen to my potential guest on somebody else's podcast ever, because ah, I do not want to be swayed or ask the same question. I'm going to do it my way. I'm going uh -huh. to listen. I listen between the lines, literally. I'm very intently listening. I'm scribbling down notes. I've got questions. I don't want to hear somebody else's head voice in my head. This yeah. is my conversation with you. I don't need to know what you did with other people. Now, I may go look at some of the titles. I don't listen. It just well, never made any sense for me to do that on a personal level. Well, that, that's because you do a pre-interview. Right. right. Okay. So again, we come back to that. It's the, the, it's the energy. So I, I'm going to suggest to any of your listeners, if they have a show or they're considering having their own show, if they are not going to do pre-interviews like you do, I would suggest that you listen at least for a little bit to a couple of others, just so you can hear that person's voice. 
and you can make certain that you resonate with it. The fact is, there are times we can hear someone and we don't connect with that person. There's just something off. We don't know what it is. Maybe they sound like our second grade teacher who put us in the corner. I don't know what it might be, but there's just sometimes. I started early. <laughs> An early bloomer, right? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, who knows what it might be, but I do, I do feel it's important. Now, you know, I have my own personal bent that's in this because uh, as you and I were sharing in the green room, I am an audible learner. This is my learning style. I learn by hearing better than anything else. So I connect with people through their voice and it's it's helpful for me to hear them before I decide whether I feel connected with them and their energy. So you don't need to do that, though. And I completely get that. You want to be fresh in every interview that you do. And I honor that. But you you do hear the person because you're talking to them in a pre-interview. And that pre-interview, I cannot stress how important it, enough how important this is. But I've had countless people say, man, we could have just recorded that and called it good. Right. <laughs> so much fun. In fact, I've actually realized that there was a hole in my process because I've been using a conference call to do the pre-interviews and I'm not recording them. Turns out that's a bit of a mistake because that's often where the magic happens. Right. So I will be recording those going forward. Yeah, that's that's brilliant. I've actually I've actually had a pre-interview turn into an interview. Because because we started out that way and then they were like, you know what, this is so good. Can mm -hmm. we just record? Which so I'm gonna a little handy dandy tip for y'all out there. Uh when you do a pre-interview, show up as if it's the real deal. Right. Always. Right. All the, the steps. Your people <laughs> do when when they wind up on on my pre-interview, it's like I already knew them. Mm. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, let's talk about, we are just wandering all over the place, but I'm fascinated. <laughs> so let's talk about, and we're still talking about marketing impact, content repurposing, and we touched on that a bit, but what are some creative ways to, to repurpose podcast content as the guest for a broader marketing purposes? And you should be, you really should. I mean, yeah. we as hosts, we want to know that you took, you had takeaways and you're sharing those takeaways. And as you mentioned, Anastasia, we do know each other. <laughs> I had one the other day. He's been on the show before. It was quite a long time ago. And Tuesday was the first, it was the second time he was a no-show for the pre-interview. So I just, you know, I got in touch with his booker and I said, don't offer him again. We're done. And wow. I told the podcast host that I regularly share guests with to not pay attention to this guy. He's a flake. Well, so there you have you it. That is, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Y'all know each other. We do. And, and, and one wants to be very careful about that. Uh, that would be a nightmare to have a no show. <laughs> if I had a client no showed um, it, that does speak, you know, I believe in grace but twice, you know, I don't. I just don't even know what to say about that. Um, but it it is important that a person be showing up and that they show up well. And I forget just before you talked about that, you were saying one other thing about yeah. how can you, as a guest, repurpose your podcast? <gasps> yes, thank you. Broader marketing purposes, and you should. I'm going to say it again. You should be doing that. It's not up to us yes. to put you, although we do. Yes, but yes, you yes. You really need to take that podcast and make it work for you. Thank you. I I, I got down the visualizing somebody no showing twice and it distracted me. So oh. yes. So here's the thing. This is another huge benefit of guesting is the opportunity to repurpose the content. One of my clients, this is the primary reason he is doing guesting is specifically to create and have content that he can use in other ways. So many of the uh, episodes, they have transcripts. Even if they don't, you can get a transcript after the fact. 
what happens is that when people are speaking <clears throat> and it's just in a conversation, sometimes your brilliance comes forth. Sometimes a person can share things and and it's really good. And you haven't said that before or you haven't said it in that manner. As a guest, you get to capture all these nuggets of wisdom that you are dropping in your conversations. There are people who take those nuggets and they're using the actual interviews to create content for a book. They're writing an ebook or they're writing a book. To, right. Okay. I was just going to say the man you just, you know, mentioned, I bet you he's writing a book. Yeah, th th this is this is a lot of what it's about is that you have that content and it's it's through the speaking that that sometimes things come out that we get our own clarity when we speak. You know, the more often I do podcast interviews, the more clarity I get even in my own message. So you have that. You have the audio that you can use. Um, many shows also have video that you can use. And you can take snippets from all of these different things and you can create these reels if you want. Uh, uh, they, they can be visual, they can be audio. Uh, again, you're taking content, you can turn it into a blog, you can turn it into an ebook, you can turn it into a full book. Just, just utilize it because it's you at your core, your essence, the best of you is coming out in each and every one of these interviews and you get to capture that and do something with it. So a lot of people, that is a big part of what they're doing through this guesting process. And the same thing could happen for a host as well, of course, because you can take that too. Even in your own conversations, you, Denise, are coming out with your brilliance as you share things and dialogue with these guests. So who knows? You know, you could take a lot of that and you can create content too. So it's it's really powerful. And I highly recommend that people use it as much as they possibly can. I agree with you. And you're talking about, you know, you, <clears throat> excuse me, you will say something that you haven't really said that way before. I'll be honest with you. I don't know what's going to come out of my mouth. I don't, you know, <laughs> until I hear it, I'm like, oh, <laughs> that was smart. Or what the heck were you thinking? <laughs> right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. To kind of watch it there. But, you know, one of the things that, you know, you talked about snippets. Um, as you know, I'm on Listen Notes. I'm ranked in the top 2% of the most popular podcasts in the world, which I will be honest with you, shocked me. When I found out I was at 5%, I was like, woohoo. Then it went 2.5% and I was like, woohoo. Now it's at 2% and I'm going like, crap, now I have to get to number one. <laughs> so yep, yep, yep. <laughs> but you can go to Listen Notes and, you know, listen to this podcast, listen to what Anastasia and I are talking about, and you can snip whatever mm -hmm. really grabs your, your attention. And then you can do something with that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and the host, you know, especially when you, if you do, do things and you tag the host when you are sharing it, it gets more exposure for them oh, as well. Yes, it does. And that's important because you need, it's, I view my podcast and many other podcasts that I do listen to, you know, my friends mostly because we all know one another and we share, it's, oh, you, you've got to go talk with Anastasia. Let me introduce you here, there, and yonder. Mm -hmm. And we will just say, hmm, okay, I'm going to do something. And we tag each other. But my point is, and I almost lost my point there for a second, is that podcasting, if you're doing it right, in my my way of thinking, is long-term networking. Mm -hmm. Long-term. Yes, I agree. Absolutely. That's, that's, that's where the magic happens. And this is why it's important that, that you that you develop that relationship. And I think that that's very important. One of the things that I recommend that people do when they, when they are going to be interviewed or even beforehand, like if you're trying to connect with a host, even before you offer yourself now, and I can only speak to LinkedIn because LinkedIn is the only social sandbox I play in. So if anybody, you know, finds me, tags me on any of the other social channels, I will not respond because I'm not there. I might have profiles, but I don't do anything. But on LinkedIn, there is the notification bell at the top of a profile. 
So if a person wants to connect more with that host, what they can do is they can click that notification bell. And then when you go into LinkedIn, and, and I, I go in every day because I live and breathe there, I look at my notifications every day and I will see more posts coming in from that host. And so I can engage with that host, not having anything to do with my episode because I haven't even done my episode yet. But I can respond, I can, you know, uh, comment, I can like it, I can start, in essence, sharing some social love with that host, and also learning a little bit more about them in the process. And they learn a little bit more about me, like I capture their attention. Because if I'm engaging with them, then that can show up like my posts, were going to show up on their feed more often. So they'll know me a little bit more by the time we actually get together. Now, then the important thing to keep in mind, and again, I'm only talking on LinkedIn, but on LinkedIn, you cannot use a third party app to pre-schedule posts on LinkedIn and tag a person. It's not, it's not available. The, the only way to tag a person on LinkedIn if you pre-schedule it is to do it directly through LinkedIn. And it's a very easy process to schedule a post on LinkedIn directly. That way you can tag the host. If the host has a business that they have a separate page for on LinkedIn, tag that business page. If they have a separate page for their podcast, tag that podcast page. But make sure that you tag them because if you don't tag them, the host won't know that you even shared the episode or that you shared anything about their show. They won't know. And vice versa, because sadly, I see hosts doing the same as well, where they're not tagging the guest. And so, of course, the guest isn't going to engage because they don't know that that they were even mentioned on LinkedIn. And I, yeah. I feel like this is one of the challenges of having maybe a VA that doesn't get it. They're just pre-scheduling everything. So the, the workaround is either you go directly through LinkedIn to pre-schedule or you let the third-party app do the pre-scheduling, but then you make a note the moment it has appeared on LinkedIn, you need to go in there and edit it and add the tagging. Exactly. Personally, yeah. it's just easier I've, to I've do had it right to the do first both. time. Right, it is. And I have to tell you, I have a client that I'm building, I'm helping him build his podcast. And the first thing I do when I'm working with anybody, whether as a web developer or as a podcast cons consultation, consultant, <laughs> Pick your word. <laughs> I can't talk today. I think I mentioned that, but you, he, I looked at his LinkedIn and it was bare. Mm. <laughs> there was nothing there. So that's the first thing we did. And I got the most excited email from him this morning. He says, look, go look. And he was showing me his impressions and he was showing, he says, oh my God. And he was so excited. He had no idea. No oh, idea. That's awesome. I if love you, hearing things like that. Me too. But if you are you know, wanting to be a podcast guest or a podcast host, you need to do business to business, which mm -hmm. is LinkedIn. So pay attention to us. We know what we're talking about. <laughs> Write it down. We are living and breathing it. Yep. <laughs> that's, right. that's exactly right. Listen, we are running out of time, but you are coming back next week because we have so many, you know, more tidbits to share so talk a bit about what you want to share next week and then tell people where they can find you I know you already mentioned LinkedIn yes yes well what what I love talking about and and you know when we talk we'll, we'll see how the conversation goes because I want to basically go down any line that you want to head down but what I love talking about is how to be that type of guest that a host would love and so some of the different things that a person can do to really uh, create that that relationship. And again, coming back to relationship marketing, because I think that it's important. You want to get the most out of every interview you do or every speaking engagement that you do. And there's a lot of different things that a person can do to support that. We also could talk about the actual re researching, how to find a show that you would be in alignment to begin with so that you you're you're getting on the right shows because that's another area where where people are not effective in their guesting marketing strategy 
is not being on the right show to begin with. So there's a lot that we could talk about with how to find them, maybe even how to approach them, some things that that do and don't work, you know, and you as a host, especially, you know, you can, you can share some things about what does, well, you've already shared some, you know, oh, what doesn't, doesn't work, right? Yeah. Hard. Trust me. Exactly. So I feel like that might be something that could really serve your people because I want to make sure that anyone who is listening to this knows that there's a strategy and it's not that difficult. In fact, I would encourage people to go for quality versus quantity. It's not about the numbers and it's not about the numbers on the show either. There are so many things to look at when you're vetting a show so that, that a person, sometimes people say, oh, I only want to be on a show if they've got X amount of downloads and listens and blah, 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 or so many reviews. And there is so much I can say about that to help clarify what really does and does not matter. Absolutely. Let's definitely talk about that. I don't get those questions, honestly. But once in a great while, somebody will, you know, contact me through my form. I've actually had to take my booking form down because... I'm hammered right now. I've got so many people in the pop. I just, I can't take any more until March, April. Um, but once in a great while, somebody say, well, what are your downloads? I'll say, it's not your business. I say exactly. that now, <laughs> but I don't say it to them. And I'll say, listen, you know, if that's your only criteria for wanting to come on my show, I really am not the show for you, but you have a nice day now, as we say in the South. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And then I just move on because if that's, I can tell right then, right there that they want to use me as their billboard. Yep. And another Southern thing is ain't going to happen, hon. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's, I, I think there's enough people out there that put emphasis on it. And so people are going about this, you know, from a space of ignorance, you know, it's not oftentimes, I really do believe it's just that they don't understand. They don't really understand the approach and they don't understand the magic of, of what this can do when you go about it the right way and when you go about it from the viewpoint of blessing others. I mean, that, that will always be the platform that I stand on is how can I be of value? And so, so, you know, when you start asking those kinds of questions or you present yourself in such a way like I am perfect for your show and I'm all that. And this is why you want to have me on your show, because boy, oh boy, would I be a blessing for you. That's different than I would be honored to mm -hmm. be able to share my passion, my expertise right. with your listeners, because I do feel. I would be of value. But at the end of the day, only you know that for sure. So I will not take this personally if you decline me, but if you would like to consider me, I would love that opportunity. It's a very different way of going about it. It is. And I have to share an email that I got. I've already deleted it because, again, my eyebrows just hit the top of my, I'll never need a facelift. My eyebrows <laughs> my hairline and I look permanently surprised this email I read it twice because I was like he did not but he did it was a very lengthy email and I'm convinced this man had you know dislocated his shoulder from patting himself on the other shoulder but he was going to do he was a very important guy and he was going to do a pro bono episode oh. for me <laughs> Oh, but oh no. and, you know, that's when my, my eyebrows went, what? <laughs> so, it was, and I read it twice and went, you have got to be kidding me. And then I didn't, I always respond. This was an exception. I was not going to respond to this garbage. I just, oh, wow. <laughs> but it was a fascinating view into who he is and I didn't want anywhere near him. Yeah. Well, you know what could be sad? is what if what if this person first off it was someone on his team of va who has been uh given the task of getting him booked and they don't understand the podcasting world so first off that language tells me that it's he's probably coming from the speaking world uh -huh. where where you reference the the pro bono aspect uh 
that they're willing to speak for free in some cases, right? So, that. so that I was just yeah, so taken he might be coming. Yeah, well, I, I would be too because the audacity, right? But yet, I always like to come back to grace. I don't want to make assumptions. It's very possible he doesn't understand that podcasting is different. I even have a client that I brought on that in the very beginning, when he and I were first talking, he didn't know that you couldn't, that you don't get paid to speak on podcasts. He didn't know that podcast guests don't get paid because he's from the speaking world. So people coming from the speaking world, they, they might have a very different understanding of the podcasting world and they just haven't, well, they haven't listened to shows about podcasting. They haven't used, you know, someone like me, a consultant, to help them through this and help them to see the reality of the situation. Uh, there are shows that charge guests, and people are oftentimes blown away by that and don't understand it. And there are varying reasons as to why that, that doesn't doesn't work in some cases. But but it's not it's the ignorance. It's just not knowing. So and oftentimes it's not the person themselves. It's their VA who, by the way, is using AI these days. OK, mm. and so AI comes off as a really strong sales language. Oh, it was horrible. And okay. I have to say you are a much nicer person than I am. And we're out of time. <laughs> <laughs> We, I'm, I'm waiting for it to cut off and lose you. So, no worries. No, 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 no. I believe me. I, I'm still shocked. I'm still shocked. But people, <laughs> pay attention and learn. Just learn. I know. I know. Yeah. Well, listen, Anastasia. I really appreciate your company today, and I'm looking forward to having you back on the show on Friday. And to the Thank audience, you, me too. Oh, me too. We have so much to share. As we conclude today's episode, your feedback means a lot. And if you found the show helpful, please support us with a quick review on iTunes. Your input is vital in my mission to inspire and empower more individuals. So don't forget to hit subscribe, leave a review, and share your partner in Success Radio with friends and colleagues. And be sure to go find Anastasia Lipsky on LinkedIn and connect with her. And thank you for tuning in. I will see you next week. Yes, thank you. I'm so looking forward to it. I am as well. Talk to you soon. You bet. All right. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Get your voice heard. If you would like to launch your own far-reaching podcast, contact Denise Griffiths at yourofficeontheweb.com and go to the podcast tab. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.